You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. I'm still going to give it several months to try to get another consensus. What is it? It would probably be about the composition of the uh, committee that elects judges. I don't think we should move from one extreme where we have perhaps the most activist judicial court on the planet to getting to a point where the legislature, our Knesset, can just knock out any decision that the court makes. There has to be a balance. That's what we're trying to restore. That was Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu speaking to Bloomberg on Sunday as protests against the controversial judicial reforms continue for the 31st week. Here to discuss is Democratic Congresswoman representing Michigan, Haley Stevens, who is joining us live from Israel, where it is later than midnight. So, Congresswoman, thank you very much for staying up late for us here at Bloomberg. What are you doing in Israel? Who are you talking to and what are you telling them? Well, I'm on an education trip with fellow members of Congress, uh, learning about Israel, some who are here for the first time as members of Congress, which is very exciting, learning about our allied relationship as two democracies uh, who share uh, a lot in common with uh, economic development, trade, innovation, certainly national security and defense. And we're on our second full day of the trip. This has been jam-packed. People are learning, getting to ask questions, and also getting to see the beauty of Israel. You're on this uh, Codel, which I know is part of so-called August recess, with a a couple dozen uh, House Democrats, including, as you mentioned, the Democratic leader in the House. Congresswoman, are you going to pave the way for a meeting between Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Biden? Well, the good news is, is we've already met with President Netanyahu as a delegation. I can't speak for the administration, uh, but we did have a chance to sit down with him, uh, get to ask questions. And let me just be crystal clear, because there's a lot of conversation taking place around the world, in our own country right now, a lot of disappointment All right. with the changes that the government is putting into place. And it's important to remember that Israel is a democracy, a third of the country has been protesting these judicial reforms. That would be the equivalent of 40 to 50 million Americans protesting for 32 weeks straight. This is democracy in action. That needs to be recognized, particularly as Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. But if it is a democracy, to your point, Congresswoman, with 32 weeks of protests, that seems to be in a real moment of of crisis, perhaps. Does the U.S. attitude toward Israel need to change? Do we need to see a firmer stance on the part of the Biden administration? 
Well, I agree with uh, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, who uh, expressed and has been unequivocal that we are not going to condition aid uh, to Israel, particularly in light of some of these reforms that have come down. And I will tell you, I am here. I have been traveling all over the country, and there does not seem to be unrest among people. There is peaceful protest uh, certainly happening in um, parts of this country, uh, but it is not a question that Israel is a democracy. And just as we have been going through our own challenges in our own country, as it relates to democratic reforms that we need to put in place in the United States of America, particularly in the wake of January 6th, we have to remember our real competition. And that is with autocracies. Who is going to lead the free world for the next 25 years? When we wake up in the year 2050, is it the U.S. currency that is still the the dominant currency? Is it still uh, democratic, free market, open capitalist societies that are, are joined together and leading the free world? That's the competition that I'm engaged in. That's what I'm working on as a member of Congress, and that's part of what I'm doing here in Israel. We'd like to ask you about a couple of other issues while you're with us, as always, Congresswoman, but just to understand your position on this, are you pleased that Prime Minister Netanyahu backed off of uh, some of the judicial overhaul plans that he had uh, been promoting even just a couple of months ago, some of the more severe uh, removals of checks and balances that have that actually really brought people out into the streets. And, and did he ask you for help in communicating his position to Americans? He didn't ask for direct help, but he did spend time answering questions and being transparent, which is certainly uh, appreciated. Uh, I will say that the makeup of their parliament, known as their Knesset, uh, it was a tight mm -hmm. vote, and that is likely why he, he backed off. And certainly, I'm, I'm pleased that he's listening to his people and They've gone through a lot of elections in just a short period of, of, of time, but transparency and openness is key here. This is, this is not what we saw in Iran, where a woman who decided to not wear her hijab was put to death, protesters were put to death. Iran is not far. They are funding terrorists that you know, are attacking Israel on, on an everyday basis. We need to wake up to that reality. All right, Congresswoman, while you are on this trip abroad, we do need to ask you about some issues here at home, including next month, the contract between the United Auto Workers and the big three car manufacturers is going to expire. And the UAW president was actually speaking live on Facebook today about labor negotiations with Stellantis. Just take a listen to what he had to say. My message to Stellantis is very simple. Quit with the games, stop with the lies, and start bargaining an agreement that actually makes that shows value to the sacrifices made by our members. Congressman, what would this mean for Michigan if this ends in a strike of 150,000 auto workers? Well, I'm certainly not going to get ahead of the negotiation pro process. We don't want to see a strike. We do want to see the UAW workers heard out in their negotiation process. I have a lot of respect for the leadership uh, and the approach that they are taking right now. Uh, I'm certainly encouraging the automakers, as I believe they have been going into these negotiations with an open mind. And I'll say this, as someone who worked on the U.S. auto rescue in President Obama's administration. Mm -hmm. A lot of concessions were made by stakeholders across the board. The UAW was not unique in making concessions. Now, a, a decade and a half on, 
they are still at the same uh, wage levels that they they accepted at the brink of bankruptcy. And they're asking to get rid of tears. They're asking for better buy-in. And, and they're, they are negotiating. We're also on the heels of passing instrumental legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which you all were just talking about on this show, that's investing in our new age mobility sector. Deal workers in. That's what they're asking for. Let's go through this process and, and let's get people, the, the workers, the outcome they deserve. I spoke uh, just on Friday with the acting secretary of labor about this potential standoff here and in, in these looming negotiations. Congresswoman, she made it pretty clear that the White House does not plan to get involved in this. Uh, we know the White House chose not to with the yellow negotiations, even though they were asked. Do you want to preserve that as a, a last resort to have mediation from the administration if needed? Well, certainly as a lawmaker who cares about this deeply and doesn't want to see uh, my my fellow auto workers suffer, uh, you know, people who I know who go into those factories who are relying on 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 the on the wages and and the the promise of an increase and the dignity of a good retirement structure and mm-hmm. healthcare that they've paid into. So I I, th- I think what's going to take place is uh, a process that we're all going to watch very closely. I, I, I certainly have um, been been paying uh, attention, and I know that the administration has been engaged. Now, do they get in the middle? The as a as a lawmaker, I've been I've been wrestling with this because I have passed these laws, and I want to see workers uh, dealt in, but. I, I can't lead those negotiations. I am telling Sean Fain, keep up with that message of equity and inclusion, of fairness, uh, of of labor rights that has been a core tenet of our 21st century labor movement. And let's grow labor. Let's grow these good jobs in the United States of America. This is what built Michigan. This is what built our middle class. So in some ways, I'm really fired up. I'm excited to see where this goes. And I'm continuing to encourage good faith negotiations on both sides. Well, we can feel your passion from here. Thanks for staying up late for us, Congresswoman. The Democrat from Michigan, Haley Stevens, with us on Balance of Power once again. Safe travels getting home. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.